0: Hi, everyone, and what a daily objective we have today. So we will be discussing, as you can probably tell, Halloween. And I guess who is that person who is a co-host today? So let's figure it out. He has edited the new textbook of Americanism. Uh, he is a capitalist, but also a scholar. So we're probably talking about, is that Jonathan? Yes, indeed. And, by the way, this was as a surprise to you as it was to me, so that's the magic of the show. We never know what's going to happen. So we're going to discuss Halloween, and here's how we're going to approach it. So to many people, Halloween is not such a good uh, celebration because it has this mystical element, apparently, or it has this element that people become hedonistic or get drunk or whatever. And also it has this spooky element. So we could say maybe the sense of life of Halloween is not that great. So there's always all this thing, you know, with the the the, the spiders or the, the scary things. Apparently, though, someone is disagreeing with that. Now I'm gonna give I'm gonna leave most of the Halloween part to Jonathan, because what do I know? I'm a Balkan, and in Greece, we don't actually celebrate Halloween.
1: We put on costumes. That's such a a travesty. I mean, no Halloween.
0: You know, and in the right, Nikos, it is. We have something even better, I think. So we celebrate the equivalent of the Carnival. So, and actually, I think it coincides with the Carnival of Rio. So it's 40 days before Easter. So it's towards the end of when we can have fun and all that stuff, because then we have to share Jesus' uh, suffering. And what we do is we dress not so much towards the spooky side, although now uh, now there are very few dresses that you can put on. So I remember when we were I was a kid, you dress as a cowboy, as an Indian, as a Mexican. Obviously, these things are a no, or you would dress as a superhero. So these were these were the two. or as a pirate. Maybe pirate is still okay. I don't know if pirates nowadays is considered cultural appropriation. Anyway, that's the equivalent. So we listen to like uh, Latin uh, songs, uh, disco and things like that. And it has more the more than this sexy, uh, good, fun. It hasn't got the spooky element. And yet, as I said, Jonathan thinks that Halloween is misunderstood. So here comes the moral case for Halloween. John. Well, and you're right, Nikos, there is a, a, you know, I'm not a
1: Halloween expert, uh, I am a talking mind, but not a Halloween expert. No, there is this, this uh, uh, mystical origin of Halloween. I mean, I believe the, the kind of original phrase is all hollow as Eve. Uh, and it is, it has, this, and a lot of people, especially those who accuse oftentimes objectivists, those who are interested in non-random, you know, they're not fun, they're serious all the time. But, you know, Halloween today as we know it, I think is not so dissimilar than Christmas in that it's all about fun. It's all about dressing up and making believe and getting together with your friends and eating wonderful candy. I mean, it's, you know, it's a weird way. It's like a, I think of Halloween as almost a secular version of Christmas, because as you said, Nikos, I mean, you know, people here dress up as ghosts and goblins, but look, I'll even share my screen. Dr. Leonard Peikoff, uh, uh, you know, Ayn Rand's heir, this is a a shot of him back from 2000, uh, uh, 2018. He dressed up as a, as a, Uh, his girlfriend dressed up as a flapper. He dressed up up as a monk. So, you know, it's all about just enjoying life, enjoying your friends, eating great candy. And what a society that we live in now, Nikos, that, you know, something like candy or a Halloween costume that used to be very expensive or very hard to get, or your parents had to sew it by hand. I mean, you can get these crazy getups for nothing on Amazon, thanks to global free trade. So, you know, as objectivists, I think we should find reasons to get together. I mean, maybe not get to, you know, get together these days, COVID, COVID safe, of course, but to celebrate life and, and to be a little silly now and then and to dress up and, and have some fun. Uh, um, you know, life is too short not to, and Halloween is a great excuse to do just that.
0: So now that you said this, suddenly I feel a bit melancholic because usually they, every year it was, oh, I don't like it, but this year I wish. We could have the opportunity. We would have a the freedom to do so because where I am, we don't even have the freedom to do so. So we're not allowed to be in a different household. But I wonder also when we're gonna have this careless in a good way joy. So, so I, I, I'm so in in May back in May. We're saying, Nicholas, I have
1: to say, Nikos, I thought you dressed up as Jack Dorsey, When I'm looking at you now.
0: I see that big long beard.
1: Kind of well, that's, that's,
0: that's how I anyway look. So I guess that's, that's the closest <laughs> I can get to, to a Halloween, uh, to a Halloween thing. So, but do you, so are you going to celebrate? Uh, do Okay. Don't, don't, don't reveal something that's going to make the police knock on your door, but, uh, but uh, are you optimist that soon we're going <laughs> to, are you optimist that soon we're going to be in a situation where we'd be able again to celebrate and, uh, so yeah, it's not only- I'm gonna
1: answer that. I'll be right back though. I gotta I gotta get something downstairs. I'll be right back. <laughs> All right, I'm back. All right. I, I hope so, Nikos. You know, because uh, that is such a great opportunity to and, and Christmas for me is much the same way. I mean, Dr. Peakoff is is has written and talked about how you know Christmas is wonderfully secular. Halloween's the same thing, it's not about uh, Worshipping go- goblins or believing in the supernatural—it's about getting together, enjoying life, fi- finding joyous reasons, as you said, to celebrate. And you know, that's people always think of objectivism as being kind of down and negative and anti, and you know, almost like Doctor Spock. You know, you're always very serious. And, but you know, it's to me, it's a—it's a philosophy that's really helped me enjoy every day more and more and embrace every day. So when something comes along like Halloween where you get to have candy corn, which is basically like kicking a glucose IV and shooting into your vein, and dress up like a mime, a talking mime at that, you take advantage of it
0: and, and celebrate well, this
1: wonderful world we live in.
0: Le- let me, let me uh, say that uh, I reject the, f- the, f- the rumor that Objectivists are like that because my experience from the last two objectives conferences is bad influences like the gentleman who is behind the scenes trying to persuade me to go out for drinks and me going from my hotel from ten o'clock to to rehearse my speech. So I am the killjoy, boring, objectivist, But this is not this is this is not the this is not the rule. Now I don't know if it's like that also in the U.S., but at least in the U.K. the the biggest let's say now di- division is on what's going to happen with Christmas. And there's so the government now is telling us, look, we might lock you up now, but we might we might allow you to celebrate Christmas. So we might allow you to, to, to see your family. And I like it how so many people say, you know what, maybe that's, that's where I draw the line. Maybe that's where we say enough is, is enough. So because Christmas is so big in all our head, and as you said, you mentioned Dr. Picoff's Christmas radio show, or I think you mentioned it. If, I encourage people to try and find it either in Leonard Peikoff's podcast or I think it's also in YouTube. The soul that Peikoff made about Christmas and the meaning of Christmas, the life celebrating meaning of Christmas, uh, it's one. It's probably one of the top three moments in Objectivism that have really, really touched me. So let's hope. Let's hope that this idea now that the central planners and the powers that be can decide. They're so drug in power that they can decide whether they're going to allow us to have christmas i think this is it's almost as if they're getting some pleasure out of this so let's let's go to the next theme that i want to discuss kill joys and i have two areas in my in my life the one is the government kill joys so again i don't say that what people should do in christmas is go out a uh, party and then go meet grandma what i'm saying is that this attitude that says I'm gonna allow you to celebrate or not. And also this, this moralizing, how dare young people go out and how dare young people, you know, in Greece they say, they, they're in the parks, they're making out in the parks. Like I remember, like in, imagine that this is the time when you have, you know, you experience, your first love or whatever, how it's very difficult. And it's always dehumanizing to tell to that person, you know what? Stay in indefinitely, and when we tell you so, you might go out. Again, obviously, if you do that, then don't go visit your grandma. But there's something very creepy and scary to me, even creepier than Halloween, to this attitude that says, you know what, from now on, every aspect of life, you need to get our permission, and the default answer is no, to go out and celebrate.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it goes here in Chicago, where I
0: live, and, and I know across a
1: lot of many swathes of Europe now, there are increasing lockdowns. And when you think about the, the kind of ramifications, you know, they always say economics is about the secondary level effects. And when you think about the, the effects of some of these mandatory government lockdowns, you know, we're not talking about people, voluntary social distancing, voluntarily closing their businesses, but government forcing it. And there's a financial cost, but there's also a really a, a big emotional cost as well, and, This certainly isn't advice on how any one of our viewers or listeners should celebrate their own holidays. But, um, you know, what I find so reassuring is that even now during this, you could probably say this is somewhat of a lifeboat situation or emergency situation, uh, modern technology makes it so easy to find a way to celebrate. You know, I mean, uh, you know, people will be having Zoom Thanksgiving, they'll be having Zoom Christmases. uh, And thanks to again, the amazing achievements of Amazon and the global world that we live in, when you can have wonderful food, wonderful props and trees and all this shit, you know, delivered straight to your door. So, I mean, even during these difficult trying times, you know, I don't thank God because God doesn't exist, but I really thank, you know, I thank the producers. I really do. I thank them for letting me order this ridiculous getup for not too much money having a laugh with you and our audience and like enjoying
0: life a little bit. And, and well, isn't that really, what, at the end of the day, what it's all about? It's almost forbidden now. Even the idea of celebration is like, oh, yes, but... And here's my is, here's my question to these people. who say, how dare you talk about celebrating or you know, people are, are dying? So if you really care about people, do you think it's a good idea that there is... That's a rhetorical question, not to you. Is it a good idea that we're in this perpetual gloom? Like, do you think, do you think that this is the best thing to, so do you think, for example, that your grandmother who is 88 and doesn't know how many Christmas there are ahead, the best thing to do to that person is to say, I forbid you, I forbid you, careful, not your conscious decision, but I forbid you, so I know what is your hierarchy of values and not you. But talking about killjoys, no offense to many of our religious friends, but we have to talk about religion, because... It, is, it has played a big role in, in a way, in uh, demonizing these, all these festivities. So I don't know, I'm sure they have a lot of things today about Halloween, but I remember every year when it was uh, the 14th of February, specifically when this celebration started becoming popular in Greece, I remember the religious uh, teacher at school or the priest would say, careful, careful. Valentine is not a Christian thing. We, we, we have our own version of, the, 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 of this saint who is for love, but don't go for Valentine. This is, this is just a trick to, for, for uh, flower shops to sell flowers or to sell chocolates. Fun enough, do you know who else was reproducing this? Some leftists. They say, oh, this is commercializing love. So what's wrong with religion? And what's the case with religion and killjoyism? Well, I mean, I'll just, you know, my
1: my experience of religious holidays growing up, and I wasn't raised uh, Orthodox, but I was raised pretty conservative. And, you know, my experience of holidays growing up was one of silence, repentance for things that I don't know why I should have been repenting for. You know, what does a seven-year-old mom really have to repent for, Nikos, truly? I mean, what has he done at that point? Uh, truly, but, you know, that was my experience of religious holidays growing up was usually one of very solemn, very sad, very introspective. And... You know, Long Kong these holidays, like I would put certainly Christmas in this this uh, this category. I'd put Halloween. I'd maybe even put the American Thanksgiving. I know that's one that's pretty f- f- foreign to you as well. But you know, in my mind, these are secular holidays, and they're holidays of joy. They're holidays of thanks. They're holidays of getting together with and, and celebrating values. Really celebrating values. And you know, you're right. For for a lot of religious people, any joy is good. they're. they're They kill any joy at the end of the day, because any joy you're having, any values you're having, you should, in my mind, the the attitude is you should be sacrificing to someone, whether it's to someone out here in the, you know, in your world or to God, and even having too much fun, you know, God is looking down and saying, why are you having so much fun? You know, so I think, you know, I would never say, I'll just say my objectivist sense of life is one to pick up these holidays and find reasons to celebrate and live life and, you know, spend a couple of bucks and get a costume and, and raise a glass with your friends. I mean, that's, it's, you know, um, Craig Biddle often talks about, you know, loving life and that re- really helped me understand, I think, objectivism a little bit more. Dr. P, uh, Dr. Brooke talks about objectivism is a, a philosophy of love and it's so true. So when something comes along like Halloween that you can you know and and as you said Nikos to say that it's something to do with the occult is it's it's not it's a holiday about getting together with your friends having some grape
0: candy dressing up and enjoying life that's what we should be celebrating. And in a way again sometimes we need to lose something to appreciate it so my let's say resolution will be that uh, when this situation is over I'm going to enjoy these things way more. Uh, And these may be silly, quote, silly things. But, you know, now I get memories of past Halloween or the equivalent in Greece. Last time I dressed up was as a Catholic monk with the hair of a punk. So, again, I I could do that again because that's not considered. There's no Catholic that's going to that's going to complain. So. Yeah, let me anyway, ask
1: you. Do you you guys have you have haunted houses in Greece? You know what that a haunted house is?
0: Yeah, not really. We have our own, so our haunted stuff is more is cooler. It's like this uh, this uh, partisan who was fighting the Ottomans died in this good, uh, and then you see him at night. So it's in a way I like it. It's less spooky. It's kind of metaphys- metaphysical in the Greek sense. so uh, I would say paranormal. You'd say but uh, not so much with the spooky. It's still the, he's, he's kind of checking to see if there are any Ottomans around to, to go after them. So it's, it still has the heroic thing rather than the spooky thing.
1: You know, I mean, we really should have been focusing this episode uh, from the objectivist perspective, Nikos. You know, are ghosts real? Do we really have any evidence? I mean, I don't know. Is the jury still out? The spooky thing, you know, I mean, that's, that's part of what makes it fun is knowing that it's this world that matters. There is no more a paranormal world. And when you put on a, a goblin outfit, you're poking fun at the idea
0: that that shit really exists. Well, you know what? I never liked haunted houses and stuff, but I just thought that going to a haunted house with Jonathan would be really fun. So, Oh, next no way, time... man. I hate it. I'm using you as a human shield if we go because I hate haunted
1: houses. No way. You know
0: what? Actually, York is big on haunted houses and stuff. So next time that we do... A tour like we did two years ago with Andy and with Razin, which was super, super fun. We go, we do an objectivist haunted house <laughs> stuff. And when we're about to get scared, we're going to say, no, that's A is A. So this <laughs> goes. <laughs> anyway. So uh, hope you, you enjoyed uh, this uh, this episode. Again, it was a bit different uh, from, uh, from everything else. I think the last word is to Jonathan. So, Jonathan, what's your parting words? Or what's your parting gestures? (laughs) For people who are in the podcast, Jonathan is gesturing. So, the Arlequin is out of the scene. The scene falls, or however that's called in in English. So, thank you very much, everyone. And we'll see you soon. And hopefully next year, this day, we're going to be about to go out Parting, and we're going to be dressed up not only for the episode, but because there's a lot of stuff happening out there. Thanks a lot. Bye bye.